morning, church! Well, if you didn't hear, my name is Jonah. I'm a senior this year at Radford, graduating in just a few weeks. We got the, the Highlander chant real quick. That's right. Awesome. Um, well, I am just so grateful for this opportunity to be able to preach to you guys this morning. And even more importantly, my parents are here today joining us. So if you haven't said hi to them, go say hi. They drove three hours out. Give them a warm welcome. I'm so grateful that they haven't gotten to visit me much um, in college. And it's just so awesome to have them here, especially while I'm preaching. And specifically on this topic, um, I do miss being at home for a little bit. But I think they've just been such great role models for me and, and the, just the growth of my own faith. Um, we kind of got this running joke in our household, maybe an issue, but being at home, there's always someone awake in the house, regardless of the time of night, whether it's me playing games late night, whether it's them being up doing work or they can't sleep, there's just always someone awake in the house. But I think with that, they set just a great example and precedent for how to live my life. I think of the mornings I would wake up and see them reading their Bibles before work. It's just been so monumental for my faith and my growth to see, man, them living out their spiritual disciplines, having this rhythm to their day that they read. They wake up and say, I want to build a relationship with God. And today we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about, as we've been talking about this semester, these spiritual disciplines, what it means to really walk in the way of the cross. So we're going to be reading in 2 Peter chapter 1. You guys can start turning there. And with these spiritual disciplines, whether it's, you know, Bible study or fasting, Sabbath, meditation, communion or serving, you know, this is what it looks like to be engaging in the cross, be engaging in the life that Jesus gave his own for. So we're going to be picking up in verse 3. It reads, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who has called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. And for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And over these past four years at Radford, at good old Rowdy Radford, it's been amazing, it's been fun. I've been able to develop amazing relationships and friends and a family. But those, it hasn't been without challenge and without hardship. And with that, 
I think that being at Radford, that this scripture talking about the corruption but through evil desires of the world has become so abundantly clear. And I just wanted to share a quick story about uh, a time that in my, in my college career, uh, it was my freshman year, I was living on campus. And it was about 3 a.m. And this random guy just busts in my room. I'm asleep, my roommate's asleep, my roommate doesn't wake up. So it's on me to take care of the situation to help this random guy. And he's walking around the room, he's knocking stuff over. It's a disaster. I am scared for my life. I don't know what's happening. And so, in my timid voice, I'm saying, hey, get out of my room. <laughs> Trying to stay in bed. And all he says is, shut up, Charlie. And I, at this point, I am so confused. I'm like, should I go get an RA? Should I? I don't know what to do. So I get up, and I'm trying to walk up to him and try to get him out of my room. It's like, bro, you're in the wrong room. Get out. Please leave. And he's, he's threatening me. He's like, Charlie, stop playing with me. I'm going to mess you up later. And so I, I go and flick on the lights. My room is still asleep. He's asleep through the whole thing. And the moment I flick on the lights, this guy's like, whoa. Like, I'm sorry, man. Like, I'm in the wrong room. And I was like, I know. <laughs> I know. Get out. And before he leaves, he's like, can I, can I get my shirt and pants first? I'm like, let's just get out. Like, so I throw him his clothes. Yeah. But all this to say that it's crazy. The world that we live in is crazy today. And it's hard because so many of these people that I go to school with and that I'm, I'm living my life with, it's hard to think that they, they have such a broken perspective on life. That it, seeing them just go, just go around and live this way, it, it's heartbreaking. Because these are people that I have grown to love, that I have fought with, with you know, grinding through school with, I, I work with. But seeing this life is heartbreaking. And seeing what evil desires does and how corrupting it is tears my heart. But this scripture assures us that there is no reason to lose hope in this. Because in verse 5 it says that it was for that reason that we're making every effort to add to our faith goodness and to goodness, knowledge, and so forth. But what's the connection there? What's the connection between growing and building up our faith and this freedom from a corrupt life? And what I've come to believe is that it's through those, those low times by taking a step to add, add to our goodness or add to our faith goodness and to add this goodness to our, our faith and that we begin seeing this release from evil desire. That we, when we begin building our character around our faith, then that faith becomes more than just doing a routine, than just, than just believing the right doctrine. We begin to see what's true. We begin to see what's noble. And, we, and we, we're able to grow in that. We're able to grow in our faith, and that growing in that faith becomes so much more important than anything else that this world has to offer. We all have desires, and we all have thoughts about how we think our lives should go. But in goodness, we begin seeing how just how fulfilling growing in faith is. 
It's no longer just a quiet time in the morning. It's, man, I'm becoming a new creation today. Man, my friends at work, they have an opportunity to have their lives flipped around. That, man, that my, my family can be healed. How powerful is that? And all that to say that the reason that this is so important for us today is because in take, to take our steps in faith, to be able to add knowledge and add self-control and add perseverance, it is going to begin with us shifting our own lives and really beginning to live into the spiritual disciplines, living into these spiritual rhythms. So I wanted to ask you guys today, what are your spiritual daily and weekly rhythms? What disciplines are you living into? Maybe it is a consistent Bible study or consistent fasting, serving in the community. But I think we need to take it a step further and be asking ourselves, how are those rhythms adding to our faith? And we have learned so much about what it means to dive headfirst into these spiritual disciplines. I'm where I'd love that my roommate Warren. I think he's been such an amazing example to my faith. He's someone who has sought after, with a busy schedule, having times of Sabbath and having times of rest. Even if it is him just making a banana bread or going to the skate park, it's so incredible to watch him really take time to rest and be with God. But I think there is a, such a big temptation for all of us to kind of let these rhythms just become that, be, just become a routine, rather than living into God's holy, divine nature. And at the end of verse 5, when he says, to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. Man, Peter gives us this whole list of what it looks like to be adding to our faith. What it means to really be growing and chasing after these spiritual disciplines. Man, when we're growing in our faith, this is what we can look forward to. Growing in these character traits. And as, you know, whether it's, it's spending time in meditation and Sabbath, really listening and resting with God, Man, what self-control and godliness we will learn in those times. Maybe it's serving one another or serving the poor in our communities. Imagine just the amount of love overflowing. We're being called to possess these and to have them in increasing measure, to keep growing. And it says that if we are, we won't be unproductive. When we are people that are willing to live this way, to flip our lives around, to live into this scripture, to live into this narrative, man, we're promised that it will be effective. And that, that impact is going to impact our communities, impact all of those around me. But just bear with me for a second. If you're willing to expose yourself, who here is just physically nearsighted? I am. I, I do wear glasses. I'm not wearing them now. I think they make me look nerdy. But nearsighted being, I cannot see things very far away. And 
Driving at night is a nightmare for me if I don't have my glasses. I cannot read street signs until they're about five yards away. And the craziest part of just being nearsighted is that I didn't know I was nearsighted until I was 16. When I was in school and my teacher is telling me, go get glasses, you can't read the board. I just, I just figured that this was, this was the reality for everyone. I didn't realize that those trees over there, you could see the individual leaves. And when the scripture talks about being nearsighted, I think this is, this is what it challenges me most. That so often I am a people pleaser. And what that means is that I so often just desire the love of people far more than, you know, I, I love and fear God. That I spend hours of my day trying to go to the gym and being on social media. And to my shame, even the times I spend with God can be for other people. Can be for that, that persona of a good Christian guy. I want to be liked by my coworkers. I want to be liked by my ministry. To the point that I, I do fear people so much more. And the scripture is challenging me because it has me because God is saying to do the opposite. So I'm left asking God, is this really what you want? You want me to look so much different than them? I thought I was supposed to be, you know, reaching them. How am I going to reach them if I am someone completely different than them? I think over these past four years at Radford, I can just see how in my own character, the world has tried to form me. It's tried to form me around these, around these desires that the world has. In verse 9 it says, But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. This world wants us to find security in the things that they find security in. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a job. Money. The world doesn't see that security was bought for us. It doesn't see that we've already been saved. And it's, it's, been, it's sobering to reflect on that since the dawn of time, the reason we're here is because of this, because someone was willing to, to flip their life around, to live into these disciplines. Whether it's Bible study or Sabbath or just resting in God. That because of someone else, we're here today. As far back in Genesis with Noah and his ark. With Noah taking the time to listen to, the, to what God was calling him to do. Fast forward to Jesus, praying in the garden, fighting, wrestling with these thoughts, willing to, willing to die for us. All the way to today, till today, when we had someone in our lives flip their life around and trust God and reach out to you. My question for you guys today is, are you living in God's divine nature today? Are you living into these disciplines? What brought you here today? Is it just a routine to go on church on Sundays? Or was it a desire to share table fellowship with our brothers and sisters? Worshiping God for all that he has done for us. Because this is what it looks like to live in God's divine nature. It means reorienting my life to fit God's narrative. To practice 
whatever it will take to get to know God more. And this task is daunting. It's not something that just comes with the snap of a finger. We all know this. Our, day, our lives are hard. But what, and I, for, for me, when I'm reading this list of faith, it can challenge me. I can be like, okay, Peter, let, let's stop at goodness. Let me, let me get a faith first. But after having talked about the corruption in the world and being captured by these evil desires, the goal of growing in our faith and knowing that God has given us everything to do that is so much more encouraging, so much more refreshing. Because of his power, we do get to live a godly life. Amen. So if, that, if that's your goal, if your goal is to live into this divine nature, to live into God's life, to be driven by faith, then you've got everything that you need, period. With our goal of living into these rhythms and living into these disciplines, man, they're called rhythms and disciplines because they're always something that we can come back to. Maybe you're in a spot where just establishing a simple faith is hard. Well, then a rhythm of Bible study and communing with one another at all our church events and whatever it is, man, that's going to help you build your faith. And that rhythm is going to set you up for life. So I challenge you guys to reflect on your lives. What is the rhythm that you need to come back to? Whatever you are adding to your faith, whether it's this goodness or it's this agape love that he concludes with, there's a discipline or practice that we can use to really fight off those evil desires of the world. Because just imagine what it looks like to be living like this. Man, we would, we would be standing out on our campuses. In our workplaces, they would have questions for us. Why are you so different? You have this light about you. Why are you so joyful and hopeful all the time? So I wanted to leave us with two challenges this week. I wanted to take time to one, study this scripture out. To study out this list that Peter gives us. And even if it's just one of these traits that you hone in on, to really chase after that in your faith. To look for ways that you can set a rhythm and a discipline for your life to grow in these things. And my second would be to include someone in that. Have someone to help you grow. Have someone to help you stay accountable. To challenge you to grow in your faith. And I wanted to end off reading in verse, verse 10 and 11. It says that, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Family, let us rejoice in this promise that God has freed us from the corruption of the world. Let us participate in this life that God has given us. Let us live into these spiritual disciplines and rhythms so that we may never stumble. To God be the glory.